We are back for another episode of the ABJ podcast, episode 108. Uh, for people at home still, pre-recorded. This is this has been done in November of 2023, just to keep everybody on the same page. Still grinding. Like I said, um, there's there's going to be an episode that's going to be halfway through and then a bunch of other ones and then back to here. Um, so like I said, it jumps around a lot. But a uh, huge thank you to Raz Darkwell from YouTube helping me use his uh, his stream yard so I can get these interviews done towards the end of this. I will be, be I will be coming back sooner on interviews where I won't be doing a bunch in a span and then dropping them. I like them be a little more current so people can talk about what's more relevant to them now. Um, my goal is I'm probably going to record two or three more just to get me to the end of this month uh, and then the next month you'll see a new batch of people um for season this is technically season two but you're gonna see people return from season one that were part of season two because a lot of those people i talked to five six seven months ago and they were very new in their career and i want to we're going to touch back in with a lot of people who are on that journey to come back and say hey eight months later where are you at so there's going to be a lot of people you're going to see repeat guests on this podcast um, not just people new in the business, but anybody, but just to kind of re like a recap episode. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and a lot of people that we're going to be talking about that will be on that future episodes have been trained by my guest today. Mm -hmm. um, got to meet him at Camp Leapfrog, part of the tag team division. Um, I just, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what of what he does. Uh, they, they, he kills it. I'm just, I, I can't keep going on about it. Please check the links below for ways to support the podcast as well as my guests for social media merch pages and everything like that without further ado, for further ado let me bring in my guest sunny defarge hello sir and good evening and good evening or morning or afternoon to the folks watching yes thank you once again so much for doing this i appreciate yeah, the hell out of you um yeah so professional wrestler trainer let's just go down the, the list real quick what what all have you done or do in this business i mean uh, wrestling and training um i think i did commentary once yes uh, but uh if you mean more specifics than that uh championships here and there mostly tag team titles with mr crummles of course uh canada england um as far north as vermont south as florida never further west than chicago for some reason, okay. um, but I did work in Japan with Michinoku Pro, uh, did a little tour with them for a while, and uh, still training people now, but I'm training people in, in Northeast Ohio now, uh, still wrestling wherever they'll take me, and uh, I plan to keep going until I'm too old or until I can't afford it anymore, I guess. Yeah, we'll put a little bit of a stamp on you, maybe not an age stamp, but how long have you been in this business? um let's see we started officially training uh mr crumbles and i when i say we i'm usually referred to crumbles and i we started officially training in 2015 so um, you guys came in together yep yep we we grew up together we came in together uh started training at the wrestle factory in 2015 july of 2015 by june of 2016 we had debuted so that means seven and a half years wow yeah, and then the seven and a half years of obligatory backyard before that, of course. Yes. Um, what is your earliest memory of professional wrestling and when you caught that bug? Uh, I think the earliest memory uh, was like flipping through the channels. It was a Saturday morning. I remember I lived in New Mexico and I was just flipping through the channels and I just see a, a sumo wrestler 
in the ring with a guy dressed in all black with mascara on and he's got a tie and there and i was just like what is this and i'm watching and they're fighting and uh, i was with uh with my brother at the time and he knew these people somehow he's like that's yokozuna i said okay who's that he's like this well this is wwf like okay and i remember yokozuna climbs up and he does the bonsai drop onto uh, if, if in case it wasn't obvious it was the undertaker the undertaker onto yeah. <laughs> the undertaker's chest and and i'm like well that guy's dead and my brother's freaking out he's like oh he's done and the undertaker sits up and yokozuna falls over and freaks out and runs away and to me just watching this what i later found out was a theatrical performance was like seeing him freak out about it seeing the audience freak out about it uh that is the first time I got interested. I didn't really catch the bug yet until years and years later when I had all but forgotten about pro wrestling. And by this point I'm living in Ohio and a friend of mine in must've been elementary school. He says, Oh yeah. Uh, you, uh, you watching SmackDown tonight or you watching raw tonight or one of the two. And I said, I, I don't know what that is. He's like, I think it was still WWF at the time. He's like, WWF, you know, SmackDown. I was like, oh, no, I don't, I don't watch wrestling. And he's like, well, you should. And you know, you know how it is when you're a kid and you're just trying buckle, to get everybody to do what up. you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and eventually he gets me around to it and I start watching. And at the time, uh, the Hardys were really, really active. And yep. they are what made me catch, catch the, the wrestling bug was watching them because they're diving off of each other and they're flipping through the air and they have they like they're not dressed like pro wrestlers they don't look like pro wrestlers they're they're just these two guys these two brothers that are just going and they're they're flipping and they're using and, and they this was around tlc time so they've got chairs mm -hmm. and ladders and tables and they're they're doing all this and i thought it was just the coolest thing um and since then it's just kind of been an off and on relationship of i'm gonna watch wrestling for this many years straight and then uh, for one reason or another, I'm going to stop watching and then I'm going to jump back in and I'm going to learn all the new characters and then I'm going to stop. And it's a, I mean, it's a love hate relationship. You know how yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, I was absolutely obsessed from the second I seen it as a little kid until about high school when uh, I, I cared more about girls and sports. And then um, yep. wrestling converted me into a mixed martial arts fan because oh. of ken shamrock i i went to my cousin's house and he's like yo we're watching the fights and i was like oh cool wrestling's on i'm in and we go there and it's tito ortiz versus ken shamrock one and i was like this ain't wrestling but i know ken shamrock and they're like yeah he's a he's a legit fighter and then I, i'm like wait this is real and i'm watching like oh this is real and then i'm like this is this is great art like the, like it's a chess match it's so cool and i just fell mm -hmm. in love and then I just, I, I was like, for forget professional wrestling. This is my, and like for probably 10 years, MMA. And then I got back in. Uh, everyone's like, yo, there's two people in wrestling. You should start watching because you like the old school stuff. And they're the, the embodiment of old school wrestling. It's like, cool. Who are they? He's like, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And I turned on to Russell, uh, Royal Rumble. And they wrestled at Russell uh, Royal Rumble, and then they left the company and never came back for another yep. seven years. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah. And so I started watching when they left which is good because it made their returns that much more special than, and yeah. I kind of jumped in in that point. So I missed the whole like ruthless aggression era. I didn't see a second of that. Um, 
are you currently still watching the active stuff now? And if so, like what 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 do you prefer? Uh, I'm sort of I'm sort of on like a little like uh, like a hiatus from watching a lot of the wrestling. Just I mean, mostly because my days it. are just packed, and and because I'm living it. But it's really like I get up, I go to work. After work, I go to the gym, I get home, I make food for that night, I make food for the next day, I take a shower, and then I'm like, huh, it's 10.30 at night, I should probably go to bed. And then I do it again the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And every now and then, if I remember, uh, if I can even recall what day of the week it is, I'll flick on the TV if it's Dynamite, if it's Raw, if it's if it's SmackDown. Yeah. Um, I've all but forgotten that NXT is on TV now. Uh, yeah, ever since and it's moving. And it's... Right. It's I, moving to CW I, now. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I don't even know that. I don't even yep. know that. Yep. Um, but it's um, it's one of those weird mental breaks where, like, every time a pay per view comes up or a premier live event, I think it's is still what the WWE calls them now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every time a pay per view comes up, I'll I'll usually try and watch it, uh, yeah. unless I'm unless I'm booked on that day. Uh, so I kind of get like the cliff notes of the stories. So, uh, and of course I follow everything still, I see it all on social media and I see like clips on YouTube and stuff. I just, I can't sit for the two hours, three hours and, and watch it, but yeah, I still kind of know what's going on. Yeah. I have a hard time now with, with WWE. I'm kind of bored with their storylines. Um, they recap way too much for me and their week to week wrestling all gets recapped in a four hour pay-per-view when you could have cut half the recap out and actually put more matches in. Um, yeah. so I definitely... And only because I feel like this company is more of the independent vibe because 90% of them are all from the independent, well, 98% of them are all independent wrestlers anyway. Yeah. Um, I lean more towards AEW and I have some friends who wrestle yeah. there and it's more, it's, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable for me to watch, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I know a couple of guys in AEW also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the only ones I only know is, uh, well, Willow, cause we got to, I got to work with her at Camp Leaf Frog and then watch her. Uh, and then, uh, Action Andretti. I worked with him for a while at PPW and then watching him okay. make his debut and then beat Jericho is, there's just an unsaid, in, he's the, her, him and Willow are the first two people I was like from our scene that like made that next jump. And I'm like, I just, I don't okay. know. It's exciting to watch your friends do cool things. Absolutely. When like the first days of like dark and dark elevation, I, every week i got to go i know that yeah yeah I know that because they would like they'd swing through pittsburgh and just be just from growing up in ohio and knowing people here and then training in philly crumbles and i just bounced back and forth yeah from philly to cleveland for most of our bookings so of course we I didn't realize how big cleveland was scene. as a wrestling town i never realized how big it was and then you start looking at who came yeah. out of there like that's a big ohio's a big wrestling state mm -hmm. man yeah, there's more probably as big uh, as independent PA. wrestling companies in Ohio than any other state. That's insane. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. Unfortunately, I don't know many of them. I I, I need to get better at that. Um, I, I, I will tell you this, like right up front, you're you're not gonna hear of any of them until you do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because these the aren't the kind of places really that have OVW, like a massive right? streaming library. OVW is not even in Ohio. <laughs> uh, wasn't it? It started there, right? Uh, well, it's it's in the Ohio Valley. I think it's always been in Kentucky, though. Oh, really? Don't yeah, quote me on that. I, I'm wrong. See, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> the history yeah. guy. I'm not. I yeah. am not the history guy. Yeah, I, uh, I have no idea. People watching this, I'm so sorry if you had a different <laughs> image of me. Like I dreamed of wrestling since <laughs> I was a kid, and I know all this history. I am not that guy. 
And I'm We're, neither so, one so of us sorry. are BP Burke. Yeah. <laughs> right. BP I'm Burke so, probably you, rolling in his grave. You could name uh you could just throw out a random year and the and the name of a random pay-per-view, and Crummels could tell you who opened that show, who closed that show, like what like the maybe the date of the show, like who knows? Crummels is he's the history that. guy. Yeah. Bring bring him on the show. Y'all can talk history. Yeah, uh, uh, well, him and Brian will go back. Brian, I literally go to BP. I go to uh, wrestling trivia with, and we go to wrestling trivia at Tony Deppen's brewery and uh, right like the next town over. Mm-hmm. And Deppen banned him from trivia for a month because he was too good. And then he's like, "All right, you're allowed to play again." <laughs> hey, good reason to get banned though. Yeah. So the, the 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 gimmick is is he's like the Undertaker. He comes in, he's a shoe in, he's winning. And I just keep giving him beers like Paul Bear's urn. Like I just like here you go. <laughs> and then he we usually win a gift card, and I just give it. To, he just takes the gift card and goes back up and gets another beer or two. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, he's lost one time. I wasn't there. Uh, I'm not saying I would have helped, but we lost. He lost one time by one point, and I think he the reason the way he got it wrong was like he forgot one member of. Uh, like the Ravens flock, like he had everybody but missing like two or something, but it was, it still haunts him to this day. You bring it up, he gets pissed about it. Um, so Noted. yes, yeah, definitely do. That. <laughs> so when, uh, when you, yeah, if you ever do a backstage interview, be like, before you go any further, BP Burke, name the Ravens flock. <laughs> he'll Everyone. completely, yeah, he'll shut down. He'll have a, a full blown panic attack. That is a good bit. Um, so when did uh when did you transition from you know uh i'm gonna start pursuing this as a career and 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 uh, finding your school and training uh so that happened uh, i was actually in college so i graduated from high school and throughout the back half of my high school career i was involved in theater a lot um like growing up i always wanted to i, I knew i always wanted to be a performer of some kind because i was always into whether it was movies or tv shows or or pro wrestling i was always into just performance and back half of high school i did stage stuff i i acted i was i was um john proctor in the crucible i was macbeth in macbeth and then uh i in my head that was just a yeah this is a thing that i'm doing that's really really fun uh, i gotta figure out a different way to do this though and then i graduated i took a year off because i didn't know what to do in college and I'm of that era where as you were going through college, they, or as you were going through high school, all they shoved down your throat was you have to go to college or you're just going to, you're going to freeze and die. Um, <laughs> you're, you'll never eat again. Um, and so I was like, I have to go to college, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And the first year after I helped cast the, the play for my high school. And then I went to every performance of it. And then went out with the cast and the the crew and stuff afterwards. And I said, I really, really miss this. So I think I'm going to go to school for theater. So I go to school for theater. And while I'm going to school for theater, I need something to do on the weekends. So I start backyard wrestling. So I was like, this is something that I like. Why not? I can learn how to do this stuff. Why not? So Crummels and I and a bunch of our friends, we start doing that. Did you meet him in high school, college? What did you guys meet? Met Crummels in high school. Um, so that would have been freshman year of high school. So, you know, 800 Was your bond because of wrestling? Ago. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, we we found out that we both liked wrestling uh, eventually. The mm-hmm. bond was just 
I think a, a different friend introduced us. Um, there was there was people that would show up before school started, and we would just hang out in the cafeteria. Like the doors for the school would open at, uh, you know, let's say seven o'clock, but class wasn't until like seven forty. And I would get a ride there with uh, with a parent that worked before seven forty, so it was like, okay, I guess I go in and I just sit and hang out. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Crumbles starts showing up. And so it was like, oh, this is this is my friend. Actually, it might have been his cousin. Um, it's like this is you know Crumbles. And then we start hanging out just in the mornings and then at lunch. And then one day it's like, is that a wrestling T-shirt? Or did you just make a wrestling reference? Or something, and then we start talking wrestling. Um, our our third guy, uh, Brennan Richards, that no one has heard of, even though he's the best wrestler of the three of us, maybe, and <laughs> uh, needs to just get out more and do stuff. He, I've known him since middle school, and he was also part of that little group. Um, That's awesome. I was where I was wearing my Crumbles and Defarge and Richards shirt earlier today. Why did I change for this? Uh, <laughs> I could have just been like these guys. I always uh, forget so what I'm wearing because I have so many yeah. different T-shirts. I didn't realize you were wearing an Elvira t-shirt until uh, we actually started recording. The bottom says life's a beach. Good. Good. (laughs) It's a fright rag shirt. I have, I have have like six Elvira shirts. You can't have too many. So no, absolutely not. (laughs) It's if it, if it's not horror movie related, I have probably three totes full of independent wrestling shirts. Um, probably another three totes of AEW t-shirts, another two totes of WWE shirts. It's bad. I have a t-shirt problem. Do you like wrestling at all? I, I, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, back to my long-winded story. Yeah, no, we um, take a lot of side checks here. This is the, the I did. ADD, the ABJ ADD podcast. <laughs> oh, write that down. That's yeah. a shirt for you. Mm-hmm. Uh so I go to school for theater and on the weekends we start backyard wrestling and the footage is out there. I'm not telling anybody where to find it. If you find it great. Uh, we start backyard wrestling and it's just for fun. We just record it. I edit it to like Slipknot or static X or saliva or whatever. And Absolutely. I put it on YouTube. Like <laughs> here it is. It's, it's a, it's not even a match. It's just a bunch of moves in a row. Uh, one day, uh, it was just a random day we're we're wrestling we're doing stuff we're recording some of it and some of my friends from college like came over and so they just arrived more or less unannounced and they just sat and watched and as they're sitting there watching they're reacting to everything and they're cheering or they're booing or they're gasping or they're yelling and like it made what we were doing better and throughout doing that like at the end of this day, they left and I told Crummles and, and Brennan and I was like, should we do shows? Like, when they first we... came in, were you like self-conscious about it? Like, oh shit, they're gonna like yeah, I was, about I was like, about? Yeah. yeah, they're gonna think, we're, like, weird. They're gonna think we're weird. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like I was like they that was like super cool. Like, do you wanna do you, you wanna like do shows? Like I have decent computer speakers. We set them up. We do entrances. Like, why not? And so then we casually did that for four years. Uh, and in the middle of that, we had the discussion of, like, do we want to do this for real? And I was halfway through theater college, and uh, and I was like, I have put 
$30,000 into this. Uh, I'm going to finish college first. And so they waited for me because they were nice. And we were looking at different colleges. We, we looked at OVW. We looked at uh, Texas Wrestling Academy. Um, we looked at Booker T's school. And we looked at uh, we looked at Chikara and uh, in the dojo. And like scrolling through and looking at all the different stuff that all the different places offered, Chikara specifically mentioned that they could train any style. And like maybe that's a that was a marketing thing or something, but I know that I learned every style there. Mm-hmm. And so we said, why why don't we do that? And at the time there were four of us that were gonna go. And then by the time I graduated college, it had dropped to two. Um, the one guy, he was just like, you know what? I have a good job uh, and I'm not getting any younger. So I'm out. I'm not going to do that. Um, totally makes sense. And he still has that job, I think. Uh, yeah. So good for him. Uh, the other one was Brennan. Uh, Brennan Richards, who I have mentioned multiple times already. He actually went to Texas Wrestling Academy. He actually went there and, and did the thing. He, he was like, I'm not waiting for you guys. I'm going. So then just crumbles and I moved out to Philadelphia to do Chikara. And uh, there's a whole other story there about trying out first. Um, we tried out for a, uh, uh, like a scholarship is what they called it. it was okay, so this, is, so this story has actually come up with the podcast. So correct me if I'm wrong. You go in and oh. they pretty much say whoever the best of this tryout is gets a free scholarship. Yeah, basically gets to train, gets to train at the Russell factory for free. Well, I interviewed someone who won that scholarship. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, would that have been the guy that beat me for it? Who who, who beat you? Travis Huckabee. Travis Huckabee, absolutely. <laughs> I don't. I think they only did it twice, so it had to yeah. be Travis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we, so I, I rub and it I in his face all the time. I, 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 I got to rib him on the podcast because I interviewed uh, Weber and Shay first. Mm-hmm. And they sent me his old entrance music that he hates. So yes. that I started the podcast with his uh, entrance music. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, it's Good. been fun, everybody. See you later. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was. I mean, they brought in a whole bunch of people. Um, uh, Scott Holiday was actually one of them. So that's that's where I met him. Uh, so in the actual world of wrestling, I've known Scott Holiday longer than anybody else. Um, wow. Uh, but they brought us in and they essentially ran like a, like a class. And it was, this is what the first day of class is going to look like with some extra like cardio drills and, and little wrestling things that we wouldn't necessarily always do on day one thrown in. And they had every one of the trainers and a lot of the like senior guys there watching. So it was, it was really, really kind of cool to just be like, Oh, that's hell of wicked right there. Oh, that, there's firehand over there. That's okay. I don't want like, so were you a fan of the product going into the tryout? Yes. I, I, I had to, I had to do my research though. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I'm not the history guy. I'm not the, the guy that knows all the different stuff. I had to be introduced to everything. Yeah. Um, so it was actually crumbles and, and Brennan that, that said, Hey, this is the place that we're going. You should probably know what it is. Um, we actually came out to visit like two years before we moved out here. Wow. Um, uh, and, and met uh Wicked, who we didn't know was Wicked at the time and quack and like we observed a class and everything and uh by the time we actually came out they had moved buildings and and uh they'd moved from Huntington Valley to Philadelphia and 
so we had a hard time finding the place of course but we go we do this tryout thing and one question before you go too far into this yes before um, I drag on no no i love it i love I, the details i love the attention to detail i i, I love it because I, I have so many more questions i want to pick out of it but no, of so kind of going back to travis who then wins the scholarship yes I'm not trying to rub it in anymore here but he came no in, it's fine said, i rub it in his face all the time yeah he he came in insanely prepared he he said he, i was someone who was sitting in the crowd i i was a super fan of chikara i mm. came in cardio on deck went to the gym did everything i possibly can for this tryout so he came in ready and he said he was an athlete he wrestled matt wrestling yeah. you came in as a backyarder and a theater kid how much was of it how how that training and going through those things how much were you prepared from your backyard days and then how much of it was like oh no i have to relearn everything or maybe my cardio or my body isn't where it needs to be yet oh we uh, i went into it more or less thinking i'm gonna assume i know nothing because we were of course self-trained like we had no formal training of any kind i had uh i had been a kickboxer um but i had not done there goes the dog uh, running. i had i had uh i had done kickboxing but no uh, i had no wrestling training mm -hmm. and uh my my cardio was decent from the backyard wrestling and um my athleticism type I guess if that's the word agility, like mm -hmm. that sort of thing was decent from the backyard wrestling. And I had actually just for probably a year at the time been active in the gym because it was right around when I was graduating college, like my last, the start of my last semester of college, I was 290 pounds and I wore it all in my face and my gut. And I was like, this is not conducive to what I want to do with my life. I should probably do something about this. So I started dieting and I started working out and I, and I, I cut 95 pounds off. Wow. And like, obviously cardio improved, the athleticism improved, everything improved. And like, we come out and we, we had a moment where we sat in the car, Crumbles and I, and we were like, we don't know anything. We cannot go in there and assume that literally anything that we did was correct. So we'll just listen and we'll watch. And we, we like had to have this little like come to Jesus meeting where we were like, I love that. Like just listen and watch. Don't let muscle memory take over anything like that. And we go in and I guess we were doing some stuff, right? Like we, okay. So the backyard wrestling we did was on a trampoline. I will tell you that. But like we were bumping, like we were like target and throw your, like the whole deal so when we got there and that's how it worked and it was as simple as we thought we were like okay cool. nailed that <laughs> crushed it and then it was we had seen like uh we had seen other training stuff going on so we knew it was going to be a lot of like somersaults and rolls and and like a lot of body control type stuff so we were mentally prepared for that even though we didn't really do much of it so you came uh, in prepared and researched as well a little bit yeah. um it, but like, I, uh, this is going to be out in the public now and everything, uh, uh, like Travis deserved that. Like yeah. Travis should have won. Travis should have won that. Um, the stuff that I like to rub in his face though is, uh, so I'm backtracking now. The stuff that I like to rub in his face though, is they were very, very publicly, uh, not unanimous in their decision. Ooh. And from the people that have spoke to me, they were not unanimous in their decision because they could not decide between Travis and me. Wow. 
that's a this cool is all feature. hearsay. Yeah. This is all hearsay. Who are the um, who are the people who voted? Uh, so I so Hallow Wicked was in the room. Quack was in the room. Ophidian was there. Fire Ant was there. Uh, and I I believe Icarus was involved in the decision. Fire Ant. What did he ever do in his career? Right. Who'd he ever be? <laughs> uh, not me. Um, <laughs> he might have. I don't remember. <laughs> I often have to be reminded if the one time we ever wrestled each other, if he won. Oh, twice we wrestled, and one time he did win, but it wasn't an official Chikara show. So, like, does that yeah. really count? <laughs> come on, come on. But so, yeah, that I mean, it, when we were leaving, Quack let everybody know, like, hey, we chose Travis, and everybody went, yay, while their hearts, you know, exploded. Um, and then he said, now I have anybody to pay that money. was here, <laughs> anybody that was here, if you reach out within the next week, you get a discount. And like he said that, and Crumbles and I just looked at each other, and we were like. This counts great. Let's do it. And so we we like we both emailed him within the next few days, and started apartment hunting. That's that's with, so with, insane. And within, like within a month, we were out there. Like I'm, I was nervous about moving or doing anything, and like I went two towns over. You cross state lines and and moved to a bigger city. Like I, that, like to maybe I'm just overreacting to it, but that's a big, that's a culture change. Like it's... you want to, you want to hear how, how it can be crazier in that yes. month time where, because we reached out in the email and we said, how long do we have before we have to start? And he said, within a month, um, which he probably wouldn't have cared. Um, but in that month's time was the first time I got my driver's license and got a car. Were your parents or guardians like, what are you doing? Did anyone like try to no. like, like just no, I have a really boring origin story. It's like I watched wrestling and I liked it. So I said, it's I not boring what you're and telling me though. That's so ballsy. I love it. Like that's, the, on a macro like, scale, listening, it's boring. Yeah, on people listening, like, like you are the definition of if you want it, go get it. You know what I mean? Like it's not, nothing's going to be handed to you. You're going to have to be uncomfortable. You're going to have to make these sacrifices you're gonna have to move away from your friends and your family to right. do what you need to do like it's insanely inspiring like, it's not a boring at all uh, the only other aspect to that story that i think is insanely important just from my short time in this business is man sometimes when you're driving for four or five hours across you know because i don't really have anybody that lives near me so a lot of my traveling and wrestling is i have to drive almost two hours to go pick somebody up or get in a car with somebody and then to travel to the show but a lot of times it just to save me some gas. I just drive straight to the show, but you did a lot of it with your best friend and you're still there. Like that's like, yeah. and, and then the fact that you, you came into this business with that friend, you're still best friends is a miracle. on It's on it's on too. Cause like mentally this business can tear people apart mentally, physically, the whole nine. So I think it's really cool. Like that you and your friends left your hometowns and went to Philadelphia and, tried out and did everything you're like it's just like that's a that's a dope origin story i love that so much right it, like i thought that's just what you did i like we we drove there we did it everybody was like you you moved from where for this it was like ohio it's like it's the next state over not a big deal and then you meet all these people and it's like they came from new jersey i'm like that's a whole nother state over right yeah but it's like right there philly's like across the bridge but it's right there right i <laughs> listen geography was not my thing either yeah. So it was like you came from Jersey, you came from Delaware. That's crazy. Like, no. Nope, well, the Pennsylvania thing is, and maybe it's not, not just a Pennsylvania thing. Is it's just like America? Is most people don't leave the thirty mile radius of their home. 
Like, yeah, I'm at this job where I'm working at a factory, and like to tell someone I went to Philly for the weekend, they're like, You just drove to Philly? Like, like, like it blows their mind because they like I don't drive too far north because that's that's out of my, my comfort zone. I don't know where I'm at. Like, that's a thing in these small little towns. So to hear yeah. that, like, yeah, it's that's that's nuts. That's just, I mean, that's the life. My, I so my current car, I bought it the week before everything shut down for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, so 2020, I got this vehicle. It had 117 miles on it. Today, three years later, today, it crossed 87,000 miles. Jeez. I yeah. I, I in a two. I don't do span, the rent a car thing. Yeah, two years that. ago I got a car and I I think I got it like twenty six thousand miles and I think when the transmission finally went I was up to like ninety eight thousand I was closing on the hundred k mm. yeah I put a lot on it <laughs> but I, I was also like, doing wrestling it's... and I was doing deliveries like I was driving around doing deliveries oh to make money. so you were just driving 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 yeah because that was the only way I can find a job in this area that's not like hey you have to sacrifice every other weekend and work 12 hour factories like i can set my own hours and that time frame i have i can bust my ass and then not a lot of money but enough to get me to the show that i need to go to to not make right. any money but to chase my dreams you know that's, that's <laughs> the dream that's the job like yeah. it's what you do you know so uh, uh, yeah. at what point did you become then the the student and then doing your journey then becoming a trainer and, and going that aspect uh, so something that that's largely thanks to something that the Russell factory did that, that quack did is he, he wanted to bring more people in, but there's a, there's always like a weird turnover with students where somebody signs up, they come in and then they just disappear. And, and it's because they either, uh, they got hurt or they just decided like, mm, this is harder than I thought or, or something. And, so he developed a tiered system where much like college courses, it was 101, 201, 301, like, and it gradually got more and more difficult, but it was way, way cheaper than signing up for a full-time like wrestling school. And it was in bite-sized chunks of predetermined stuff that you were going to learn. That was, uh, if I remember correctly, it was seven weeks of stuff. Mm-hmm. So instead of dropping six, seven, eight, a thousand dollars on on training that was six seven eight hundred or a thousand that's six seven eight thousand uh like between five hundred and a thousand dollars to sign up for training and then going oh this isn't for me and then dropping out and you just spent that money he wanted people to be able to come in and get that little bite-sized piece figure it out and then go no and only have to spend two fifty three hundred dollars on a seven-week course like, One of the things if, I learned is a lot of schools will take somebody in, look at that person and say, you are never, ever going to be in a match, but you're going to pay that school. And then you're a two, three year student <laughs> and they'll just keep taking your money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's, like that's, that's kind of what I like about what I hear about the wrestle factor, like how he broke it down into those tiers and like made it cost effective, but enough to so he can keep his business alive. Right. And it like, and it, it worked both ways. Because it made it easier for more people to come in. So then the wrestle factory is bringing in money consistently. But then we're not robbing anybody. Mm-hmm. Someone's not paying a $750 down payment, a $1,000 down payment, or you know whatever, whatever it was, and then quitting. And then they're just out that money. Because I know yeah. that 
I, I felt bad when I, if I lost any students and typically I would lose probably 20 to 30% of, of, of students that signed up, like some, like eight people would sign up for one of my classes. And by the time we were done, it would be five. Yeah. And like day one, day one, I would, uh, I started telling people. And to this day, this is true. Day one, I say, if you think you want to quit for any reason, one, that reason is probably valid, but two, don't just disappear. Call me, email me, talk to me in person. Like maybe I can say the right thing that either makes you, you know, turn around or at the very least I can let you know that you don't have to keep going and there's nothing wrong with stopping. Yeah. Because I know, I know that there's, there's people out there that they go and they do the thing and then they quit and then they don't say anything and then they feel terrible when it's okay to not do the thing. Yeah. If you and try how, it how and you find people, out it's not for you, it's not. So many interviews I've had where people are like, I went to go train and I felt like wrestling wasn't my thing, but I am a referee now, or now I'm a commentator, or now I'm a cameraman, or I help make graphics for professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. And you're still part of a business that you love and you're contributing. Yes, you're not on camera as like everybody else would be, but you're still you're part of an industry that you cared enough about it to put money into train. There's so many avenues that you can help this industry and not have to step between the ropes, even if you don't want if that's not your thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Rough Gina was the first one to say, like, she went to a school. And it, the wrestling aspect wasn't her thing. And she tried refereeing. And now she's one of the top refs on the indie scene. So, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, anything's possible. You never know where you're um, going to end up. Uh, Bryce uh, Bryce Ramsberg in yeah. AEW was, the, you know, Chikara head official. He, um, this is totally not my not my story, so I might get some details here wrong. But I believe he signed, signed up to train at the Wrestle Factory. And I think he had, he maybe had issues with asthma. Or something and and mm -hmm. but he learned all the different stuff that you have to do to be a pro wrestler it just turned out that like maybe refereeing was like and refereeing is, is so physically demanding i would rather be a professional wrestler than a referee dude i, I see what two matches do. just to be just to be like to fill in because we have someone that i just did it this season at the sanctuary they're like i'm like i know enough about wrestling i can i can do a match here and there like i, I first off <laughs> i'm not a referee at all um i never trained anything i just we have someone who comes and they're a wrestler and they never get an opportunity to wrestle because they're always selfless and they be they, they put the referee shirt on and they don't get an experience and it happened for like five shows in a row and i was like hey do you want a match tonight? And he's like, yeah, but I like, who's going to ref? And I said, I'll ref three matches. I'll ref the match before. So you have time to go and set up and get ready. I'll ref your match and I'll ref the match after. And then you come out and do the main event. And he's like, would you really do that for me? I go, yeah, man. Like I want to give you an opportunity to come work. You come here every show and you don't do what you came here to do, but you still help out the production. So I, I, I step and I was gassed on those three matches yeah. i was like i'm never doing that yeah. again and then i had run back up to commentary i was i was dying <laughs> yeah Pe people at home people at home or on your phone at work or or wherever it is that you're watching this watch the referee the next time you watch wrestling they don't get a break no they don't stop moving they don't stop doing stuff i respect the hell out of pro, uh, pro wrestling referees because as a wrestler Sorry to uh, break break the the the. the I, I've tried to avoid saying kayfabe, but I can't. Sorry to break kayfabe here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to sorry to shatter you know shatter your 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 perspective here. But when the wrestlers do something huge and then they're laying there for a while, 
that's kind of like a break for us. Yeah. We're catching our breath and we're figuring stuff out. Meanwhile, the referee is still jumping up and down and screaming at us while waving his arms or her arms and counting and yelling to make sure everything is perfectly clear to the audience, to the people at home, to you and to the commentators while someone's screaming in their ear. But also the make sure they're okay as well. So you have to like, Hey, Mm -hmm. or, or maybe I, I learned this on the fly. Uh, I dressed the camera and grabbed, like came near me like, yo, tell them we're going home. And I was like, oh, so then I had to go over and find a way to act like a referee, but tell the other person mm-hmm. something that the other, and I was like, this is crazy. Like a new appreciate. Mm-hmm. I, I already appreciate a referee so much more, but then actually going in and trying it. They're the, it's the hardest job in professional wrestling. Yeah. Some of the best actors in pro wrestling are, are uh, actually are the ones in the striped shirts. The second hardest the places job. where they wear striped shirts. People who hold, hold roving cams for two hour shows. That is the hardest job in professional wrestling. I did one match. I did your match. Uh, the main event at, I forget what leapfrog it was, but you guys wrestled in the lights. When they put the new lights up, it was you versus you, you and uh, Crumbles versus the main event. And after the show, that match right. was over. I was like, I can't feel my upper body. I'm dead. <laughs> um, so Mrs. Crumbles, she did most of the filming for our backyard stuff. And Mm -hmm. she had to have had probably still the biggest like front delts and bicep on just one arm from this for two hours, three hours, four hours at a time. It's intense. Like she would run out of tape, switch tapes, run out of tape and then switch to her phone. And she was like just the champion. Like, yeah, she was the least sore of us doing an isometric workout on one muscle group all day. Yeah, that, that's not an easy gig. No. <laughs> that, that, that's what I It's no. the second hard. It goes roving cam and independent wrestling, right. referee, cam, then wrestling. Referee, <laughs> booker. Oh, yeah. Wrestler. <laughs> Handshake and hot dog guy. That's a tough one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So last we'll get two, two more wrestling and then we'll get into something else here. We went a little longer on that aspect, but uh matches that, that yeah, matches I love it. I'm having a blast. Uh matches that really stand out for you, people you got to work either solo or as a tag team with your partner. What are ones that really stand out for you? Which ones are really special to you? Uh that that's that, you know, favorite ones. Uh so uh I didn't again, not the history guy, but uh I of course knew of uh, great Sasuke before I went over to Japan and I had no idea whatsoever to expect from this, from this tour with Michinoku pro. Um, it was sort of, I don't want to say it was haphazardly thrown together um, because it was probably very meticulously thrown together on their end. Mm-hmm. Whereas on this end, it was quack reaching out to build this bridge and he said, "Hey, uh, if I'm if I'm going to build this bridge with Michinoku Pro, the first people I want to send are Crumbles and Defarge, period." And so there's talks and talks and talks and talks, and the talks fall apart, and then we don't hear anything for a while. Then finally, it comes up, and it's like we're totally doing Michinoku Pro. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to have three tours. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, et cetera, et cetera. And this is on an email chain, and in the email chain is me, um, Green Ant, now Ultimo Ant and uh, Boomer Hatfield, now Weber Hatfield, and not Crumbles. And I'm like, what's going on here? And he said, yeah, they don't, they don't want to take a tag team. 
but I still want to send you first. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Now and this is no this idea is your what... first time leaving your buddy behind here, right? Yes, uh, this is this is the first time realistically that either of us did anything uh, solo. I think maybe at the time he had already branched out to some other stuff on his own, but I more or less only worked either Chikara where every now and then one of us would be in a singles match or tag stuff with him. Mm-hmm. And it was, Hey, now you're flying to the other side of the planet and you have um, a month and a half to prepare. And it was like, great, perfect. So I was, I, was there, was there any like, like, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to word this wrong, but like any ill feeling of like, man, this is the guy we like, we left Ohio to come to Philly to do this. And like, now I'm getting an opportunity to go to Japan, which is like the Mecca of pro wrestling. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not taking my buddy. Like, was there like bummer on your side? Like, was there any feelings or any, anything going on from like a friendship aspect? Uh, I think, think his answer might be different than mine mm-hmm. um, but like i think we were both disappointed because mm-hmm. any chance that we get to shine as a tag team we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna blow the roof off of the place absolutely um uh if that's the job um if it's like hey you gotta lose to these guys in two minutes then you know we lose to those guys in two minutes um but that wouldn't have been the case here and not being able to get that chance it was like i guess i gotta come up with some single stuff that i do um i know that he was bummed i know that i was bummed uh he was almost certainly more bummed than i was mm-hmm. and like i'm certain that on a list of people that were going to go he was on it but it's it's it, michinoku pro is chikara's cousin you know in japan everything is very very colorful everything is very very big um it's a lot of it's a lot of masked guys doing big colorful grandiose gimmicks and uh again a lot like chakara it's a lot of guys that work elsewhere as other gimmicks and so they he wanted to send me just uh not to like toot my own horn or whatever this is just what i was told because of my professionalism and the way that i present myself and the way that i carry myself he wanted to send me first and then of course he's going to send one of the ants and then of course he's going to send weber hatfield um and so like next on the list was probably like a Travis Huckabee or another, uh, another I mean, you, you didn't win the first scholarship, but you got to go to Japan first. Just saying Travis. <laughs> oh, I rub that in his face all the time. I got to, <laughs> I got to go to Japan first. I won a championship before he did. I was a trainer before he was. And the, like the, the cherry on top of everything is when we debuted, he was our ref. Oh, <laughs> and he was not, he was not a wrestler yet. I mean, yeah. he was a wrestler, but, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I love so that. Friendly a lot to me, Beautiful. Yeah, of course. Of course. And yeah. I, 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 he owes me a singles match. Um, High tension. What, Get it done. Pitch it. Um, this is the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I get there and I learn that uh, in my two of the six matches I had over there, over my like two week tour. Two of the six matches I had over there were trios matches where Great Sasuke was on the other side of the ring. Oh. And and I was just like, oh. Like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I have to be super duper professional. And like, I'm not gonna try to pitch any ideas. I'm not gonna try to do anything crazy. Like, I'm just gonna let him say anything that he wants. 
like anything at all. And like, he was like, yeah, at this point, like I'm going to need to beat me up and like, we'll do this. And like, he's so funny. Uh, or he, he could be so funny. He was very, very serious when he had to be, he could be really, really funny when he had to be. And talking about what, you know, the, the way that he likes to conduct matches, if something funny came up, he would laugh so fully and so like big. And he's like doing the, like he's tapping somebody while he's saying something funny. And it's, and it's like, okay, so he's all right. So he's serious, but I don't need to, I don't have to like be totally reserved around him. Mm -hmm. I can just be a pro wrestler. I can just be myself and I can be okay. Because he's, he's a legend and he's he's involved in politics and he's involved in like people rec he's never not masked um so it was it was huge for me to be able to share the ring with him and i can't there's not one photo that both of us are in and i'm like oh. um but so those those always stand out to me every anytime somebody shares clips uh, on online with with sasuke with great sasuke i go i got to wrestle him I got to wrestle him. That's sick. Um, uh, and in the first trios match that I did against him and uh, the the Brahmin brothers is the other one. They're uh, I don't know if they're twins, but I know they look very very similar. Um, but they always like do semi like gross things. I like they they have like green tongues and they have they like shave the top of their heads, but they have long hair. Mm -hmm. You'd probably recognize them if you saw them. Yeah, people, they're, they're very like you could something. tell they're very uh, inspired by like George Animal Steel and like that old crazy wild man style gimmick. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but they were always with him. So in that that first match, my other tag partner, or there was two. One of them was one of the one of the young boys that they had there, um, uh, Koji Kawamura. Shout out to you also, and uh, the other was Jinsei Shinzaki, who, uh, if you know, he was. Uh, Again, I'm not the history guy. He was in the WWF for a while. I don't remember what his name was. I'm Somebody sure. is yelling at me in the comments right now. I'm yeah, sure. But, like, yeah. Are like, you that kidding was, me? That was also extremely cool. I shared a van with Dick Togo. Like, I'm seeing all these people, and I'm like, I know you. And How know was it you, with the language? And I can't talk to any of you. That's I, so. I learned. I, I tried to learn at least like your basic phrases and things. Hello, how are you? Like, nice to meet you. Um, take That's care of me Spanish. out there. The gracias. They're like, you know Spanish. I'm like, Paquito. <laughs> right. So it turns out all these real basic phrases that I was trying to learn, those are all the phrases that every uh, citizen of Japan knows in English anyway. Yeah. And uh, for the most part, most of the the folks that I interacted with knew a lot of English, which thank God, because like I said, I had a month and a half to prep for this. And I felt, I felt terrible. Yeah. So this is, I, I felt it was like selfish is the word of just being like, you gotta, you gotta deal with me. You gotta deal with the fact that I can't, I can't understand what you're saying. You gotta, you gotta deal with it. Like I they felt have translators really there to help at all. No, not particularly. No. Wow. I mean, every now and then I would have to uh, like one of my opponents on one of the nights, uh, Musashi was his name. He probably spoke the least English out of anybody that I worked with there. So for a couple of things, like he or I would have to grab somebody and be like, Hey, can you like, I'm trying to tell him that I want, I want to, like, I want to do this. And then they would have to, you know, 
uh, do a little bit of translation. But for the most part, it was super easy. Um, I will, I will one more little side thing before I talk about the other, uh, the other matches that mean a lot to me. Uh, the last night that I was there, they wanted to take me to a traditional Japanese bathhouse where they have like uh, a large tool, a large pool that's, that's like heated. Um, this particular one, that heat, that large heated pool was on a full glass wall that overlooked down a mountain. Um, what? but the, but the word is, but the word is right there. It's bathhouse. You go in there and you shower. Uh, so everybody goes in, everybody strips down and they all shower. Um, and I was like, you know what, this is their culture. So that's what we're going to do. Why not? They're like, do you want to, do you want like a little towel? And I was like, nah, nah. And, I'm and the guy that asked, never again. The, the guy that asked, <laughs> the guy that asked literally went good. And I was like, let's do this. So we go, we do the thing, we rinse off after the match, whatever we do this turns out before we went, they had to call and make sure it was okay for me to go because I have tattoos because that's a huge thing in Japan, or at least it was for a long time, a huge thing in Japan. Apparently it's, it, it's a little bit more relaxed, but for the longest time, if you had tattoos period, you weren't allowed in some, some places. Um, it was very largely associated with, with gangs, Yakuza, the, the Japanese mafia. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, it was the, it was the ring announcer punch, uh, from across the room at the end of the meeting. Cause, uh, they, they gave me a big send off in the, in the pre-show meeting and like Sonny Defarge his last day with us. He's going home after this. Thank you so much. Everybody claps. And I was like, we're going to take you to this Japanese bathhouse later. It's going to be great. And then we're driving you back to Tokyo so you can fly home tomorrow. Yay. Um, actually the next day I just walked to Tokyo with, with, um, uh, the gentleman that was helping me out. Um, and then I flew home, but punch the ring announcer yells from across the room and he goes, Sonny, do you have any more tattoos? Cause he saw, he saw what was my only visible tattoo at the time was this. He was like, do you have any more tattoos? And I was like, yeah, I have one on that leg. I have one on that leg. I have one here. I have one across my shoulder. And he just went, mm. I was like, what, what? And then the uh, guy who was next to me was like, yeah, that's not good. Like we gotta, we're going to have to call them and make sure it's okay. And apparently it was cause we went, it was a blast. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, so side quest over. Um, well, well actually I, I want to say in the Japan, oh, so yeah, no. obviously your, your thing in the back, you have a huge, uh, Godzilla going on back there. Oh, was that always something you were super into? Like was Godzilla always a thing? And then you go get to go to Japan and get to like go to the place. Yeah. Of so creation. yeah. So it was uh, growing up. I we I had a neighbor that lived behind us. This is back in the day before you could text people, uh, yeah. folks. You couldn't just text your friends and everything. If you want to talk to them, you'd have to go there. And so this neighbor lived behind us. And so I would leave my house through the back door, go through a gate, go across the street, and then the friend lived there. And I would go and I would hang out with him, one of the few kids my age in the neighborhood. And one day I just see this VHS collection that is it's his parents' VHS collection, and they had all of the old school Godzilla tapes, VHS. And, and I was like, Godzilla, I'm familiar with Godzilla vaguely. When do you hear about Godzilla? Who knows? One day you just know about him. And, and I was like, I'd like to watch these. And so we watched one and I loved it. I was like, this was so cool. Awesome. Giant monster. Great. Another giant monster. Great. Now they're fighting and they're blowing up this town. Great. What's not to love? Obviously. Yeah. 
I, I uh, monster movies sign me up. If there's big monsters, I'm in. Like, give me Godzilla, give mm-hmm. me King Kong, give me Cloverfield. I, I want all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not picky. The American version of Godzilla, 1999, with Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria. Sign me up. I'll watch it again. Yeah. I don't uh, care. I, I, love I like the I like the new Godzilla. That like it's the new ones. Of, uh, yes. I'm into so, it. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's got the TV show. Um. Wait, there's a TV show out now. Yeah, or it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it might be coming, but it's on it's on one of the streaming services. But it's about um, it's about Monarch, the uh, the company that's in the new movies. Yeah, it's about that. It's about that company, um, and the show is called Monarch something. Um, I did not know this. But it's on one of the I'm streaming not, services, and maybe like Apple up. TV. Look it up. Oh, Write it down. I don't see you writing anything down. I have to pirate this if it's on Apple. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it's on. It might be like Paramount or something. Um, and then, of course, in Japan, Godzilla Minus One is coming out soon. So yeah, that'll also be fun. Are you, are you, um, uh, do you prefer the, the suit or do you prefer the CGI? Either. Yeah. I mean, you like, you got to know that like the, you know, the art form is going to evolve with the times. I mean, when they got the technology to do it with the, with the CGI, of course, they're going to do it with the CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, I think the folks behind Dragon Ball Z, I think, said it best when they made their most recent movie, full like computer, full computer 3D effects versus having some hand drawn, some computer, where like people were complaining, they're like, I can't believe you're doing all this to change this, like I can't believe you're giving into this, and the folks behind it said, we have the technology, why would we not use it? Yeah, do you have a? It's do you there, have a we could do so a, much cool stuff. Do you have a preference of a style of Godzilla? look that you prefer more because that's that's like as a godzilla fan like obviously there's every godzilla has different variations super long tail so, shorter tail yeah so the the early 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 where his eyes are like way way bigger it's almost kind of cartoony yeah like not so much that but when it starts getting a little bit more and he's he gets like the furrow in his brow a little yeah, he has bit the, the angry look and he's when he when it gets there to that point like that's like the look that yeah. it's that i mean it's that look right there yeah he, he uh, almost looks furry in that look too like he has like like he, he does he doesn't look scary as much yeah um and like it's before it's before the the spikes get so blown out yeah um they're still they're still somewhat subdued <laughs> there's um, some there's some where the spikes are just ridiculous and the tail yes. length that what was the one where the tail's like eight miles long it's they're, too long so, <laughs> it's the the one where he's also got like that second like head oh it's on the tail yeah uh, and it's it's only like two three years old like again still even the stuff i'm a huge fan of not, not i'm not the history guy yeah. i don't know the names of all of them i got some of the books i got some of the movies this is not even my poster oh really <laughs> really this is my partner's poster that's not tag crazy. partner romantic partner yeah yeah that's 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 her poster I just happened to love Godzilla, so I was like, "We're putting that up in this room." Yeah. And then when I do the ABJ podcast, I'm setting my chair up right there. I I, I appreciate this was very deliberate. You. I I appreciate it as a Godzilla fan. I I eat that up. I love it up. Um, I had half an idea right. of just creating an orgy of evidence behind me of just Godzilla stuff. Just that'd be great. <laughs> just so that you could say, "So you're a big fan of Godzilla?" And I'd be like, "I don't know what's Godzilla." Well, who's While Godzilla? wearing my Godzilla T-shirt, you know, be great. <laughs> a giant like fire breath tattoo. Too going down the <laughs> <Right. 
I've never heard of Godzilla. I don't have a Godzilla tattoo. (laughs) Ooh, noted. Okay. Get Godzilla's egg from the Mouth of Roderick movie. (laughs) Yes. People would love that. Yeah, because <laughs> when people think they're passionate for Godzilla, they think of the uh, Matthew Broderick version of it. Yeah, yeah. where he looks like a giant iguana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, other matches that are important to you? Oh, so side uh, quest done. <laughs> the other one that I, the other one that I, that I, that always pops into my head anytime this sort of thing comes up is uh, M Dog, M Dog Twenty, Matt Cross. Um, growing up, I watched WWF. I thought that was professional wrestling. Like that was it. And then one day somebody explains to me like, Hey, have you ever, have you watched uh, PWO? And I said, I don't know what PWO is. Um, by this point I knew that TNA existed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, there's two wrestling companies. Crazy. And so he was like, no, they're like, you should watch, watch PWO. I said, I don't know what that is. They said, it's pro wrestling Ohio. And it's on, it's on TV. It's like, no way. It's, it's like, it's like, it's out of Cleveland. It's on TV. It's on like Saturday nights at like 3 a.m., but it's on. They got a time slot. So I said, okay, let me, you know, I'll check this out. And the first time I turned it on, it was a recap of a pay-per-view. And I, and I just said, okay, well, this, like, this might not really suck me in. Main event of this pay-per-view is M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, and Johnny Gargano. Wow. Cleveland guys. Wow. And it was some of the most incredible stuff I had ever seen at the time. Um, like in my head, in my head, pro wrestling was these guys are fighting. This guy beats up this guy for a little bit. This guy beats up this guy for a little bit. Eventually one of them hits their one big move and that's the end. Yeah, and I'm exactly. seeing this match where Matt cross like goes to the top. He does a shooting star press. And on the way down, Johnny Gargano pops to his feet and super kicks him out of the air. Blam. He lands. He picks him up. He hits his finisher, never breaks contact, rolls over, picks him up, hits his finisher again, rolls him over, goes for the pin. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> yep. <laughs> what just happened? And I, I can, I can see the sequence in my brain because I've watched it so many times. And, uh, fast forward I think, I think 12 years, fast forward 12 years. And last year I had the, uh, ETWA championship, which is, a uh, a, uh, a company in Northern Vermont. Um, the ET stands for Eastern townships and it's actually the Eastern townships of Quebec, I think. Yes. And, uh, and Northern Vermont. And I held their title for, for 800,000 years. And, Every, every show I'm defending it against somebody else that they bring in or somebody that I'm in a storyline with or whatever. And they said, Hey, you know, we, we have a lead on, uh, on dirty Dango and we're going to bring him in for you to fight him in December. So it was less than a year ago. Uh, we're going to bring him in so you can fight him in December. And I was like, sweet. Like former WWE guy, really, really, you know, athletic, really, really talented, really, really popular. This, this could funny. be funny. It's a funny awesome. guy. Also very funny. Yeah, uh, I was like, this could be pretty awesome. I'm excited, and then he cancels. Mm. It's like, okay, he sucks. So then, <laughs> uh, so like, boo, dirty Dango, you owe me a match. <laughs> you don't. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know how true this part is, but he, uh, at least in storyline, he uh, called in a favor and got his own replacement, and that replacement was Matt Cross. And 
he's he's wrestled everywhere on earth um if if you go but find that cross he was one of my favorite parts of lucha underground yeah yeah so he's he's wrestled in every country on the planet um i think he holds championships in like eight countries right now and he and i both sort of came up in cleveland i guess i technically came up in philly um as far as the wrestling career but he and i both came up in cleveland worked around cleveland never cross paths mm-hmm. ever uh there was one show that we were both on where he was in the main event and uh he was attacked at the end of the match and i ran out and saved him that was the only time we ever interacted so then this match is finally coming up and i cut like one of my favorite promos that i've ever cut where i break down the whole thing of my first experience with indie wrestling was watching you and johnny gargano and it was at this time of this year it was 12 years ago like for me this match is 12 years in the making like for you this is just another match and just another championship that you're not going to win because i'm the best you know etc and uh it was like it was very emotional for me and like he showed up and we talked about it a little bit and we ended up having a really really fun match and it, it really stood out to me and it really stood out to him or at least he said so maybe he tells everybody this but it really stood out to him because he said we called the match we planned the match and he was like okay so this will be fine and then the minute i stepped through the curtain he got excited because usually people bring him in to fight their like top baby face and then it's awkward because he's very much naturally the baby face because of all the stuff that he can do yeah so then it's this guy that's just naturally a baby face that does really cool stuff against the company's top baby face like what's the crowd going to do for that and at this place the moment i stepped through the curtain 200 people in this room just started booing and he said that got him really excited he was like oh they actually hate him yeah we're gonna do some crowd work today this could be good And and so and so we had our match and it was good. I clotheslined his head off, uh, beat him, kept my championship, and uh, randomly on a on a charity show, seven months later, uh, we wrestled again in a in a four corner tag match. It was like okay, so, so we get to do this again. Let's go. Yeah, I, you know what? I just realized too. I completely. Where does where did the idea of uh the character Sonny Defarge and where did you pull from to create this character? So at Chikara quack kind of gave you what you were going to do. Yeah. But that's not to say that, that Sonny Defarge started as when you step through the curtain, make sure everybody immediately knows you are the bad guy. You are not to be trusted. And that was more or less it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it kind of just came from came from us. They had like crumbles. That's all crumbles. Defarge, that's all me. Um, aside from that little bit that that we were given. We were we were given an assignment. And folks watching at home might chuckle if you get what we're talking about. But we were told to watch a movie called The Box Trolls and okay. to watch the villain. And like, okay, there's something like, and, and the way that he carries himself and the way that he acts and the way that you know that that's the bad guy, even if he doesn't explicitly say he's the bad guy, even if the movie doesn't explicitly say that's the bad guy, you know, you just know. And um, 
seven years later, here I am confessing to you, I've never watched the box trolls. Uh, are they the uh, thing with the big did. tall hair? The big tall hair Krumble's and the jewels did. in the belly? Are they box trolls? No. I have no idea no. what box troll is. That's, those are just trolls dolls, I guess. Uh, maybe. You know, you know what I, the vibe I got immediately from you from you used to the first time I seen you? You reminded me of uh the, the dude from the wacky races with the mustache. Uh, whip, whip, whiplash, wily whiplash, or whatever. Oh, Snidely, Snidely whiplash. Yes, and and Crumbles um, is the dog that laughs at all. Like, like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately the vibe I got from both of you. It's like oh, no. you look like someone who will tie some up on a railroad tracks. Like you just look like yes. that old school cartoon villain. And I think yeah, what you guys a Dudley Do Right villain. Yes, yes, yes. Like like yeah. a, almost like um like a vaudeville type villain type character. Um, but and then, that's, like, the first that's what I, I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, the first time I seen you too, you guys were doing like the, hey, uh, over the jack, like I got pocket watches, like, <laughs> like yeah, like mm-hmm. <laughs> which is never buy from those people. They're like, there's, they're, they're always trying to sc- like, like no. everything about it is like you're gonna get scammed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, every, every now and then, I would sell something out of my coat. I had stuff in there, like that wasn't for show. I had things, <laughs> and every now and then, somebody would buy a bracelet, somebody would buy a, uh, like a piece of merch, whatever it was. Uh, one show, somebody threw hand sanitizer at me in the ring. Uh, and so I picked it up and I sold it back to the crowd. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Completely unplanned. Steal something yeah. from somebody in the crowd and then sell it again. Oh, no, they threw it at me. That's mine yeah. now. <laughs> and so I and so I just looked, gave them a look. I picked it up and I said, who needs hand sanitizer? <laughs> who needs it? <laughs> A dollar. I said, give me $5 for a thing. And they said, I only have a dollar. I said, that's fine. All right. That's <laughs> a dollar more than I came in with. Uh, easiest buck ever made. Um, yeah. Who are, who's somebody on the scene that you haven't worked that you really want to? Uh, well, you mentioned the Vaughn villains and they're taking bookings right now. Um, but that's, that's less. Uh, I mean, they're technically on the indie scene, but that's less of a indie scene sort of sort of thing high tension i think has contact with simon gods i think they've worked with him before i uh there may or may not be things in the works already yeah we'll just yeah that'd be cool we'll just we'll we'll just put that sprinkle that out there um there may or may not be things in the works i would love that um but they're on the list um i uh there was a there was a, a match that I was supposed to have with Effie a long time ago. I would love to have that match. You mean daddy? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am a very straight, very confident in my sexuality uh, male. Um, but if I ever had an opportunity, if, if there was ever a time where Effie's like, Hey, I'm going to kiss you in front of a crowd. I'm accepting that kiss. <laughs> it's, it's Effie. Like you just, if murder grandpa can kiss Effie, you're taking a kiss from Effie. That's just all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, so I would goddamn entertaining. I love him so much. I would, I would, I would love to get that match to happen. Um, there's oh God, there's a number of people out there. And of course on the spot, nothing can, of course on the spot, nothing's going to pop right into my head. Um, but they're in there. Of course. Um, I can think of a lot of the guys from camp leapfrog that i never got to have singles matches with or even just two on two tag matches with your guys like uh like eel um yeah. like killian like the whole like all the goons like 
Never got to have just a two-on-two with them. Never got to have a one-on-one with any of them. Um, yeah, during that whole tag Grand Prix, happen. you've never crossed the whole time. You and the goons never crossed paths. Nope, we were too busy being the big bad villains. And they eventually. had their whole story with Darius going on at that time. Like that whole mm-hmm. tournament had like three individual stories going on. Which I was, I love that booking so much. That was such a good. Right. God, I miss Camp Lee Frog. Oh, what a good time! It was good stories. It was yeah. good stories. It was good times. Just unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. I, I think it could be rebirthed and brought back into something special. The challenge would be is getting to that same magic in front of a live crowd. Because I think what made Camp Leapfrog, at least for the people involved, special is it was like kind of that moment where like you everyone would kind of let themselves their inhibitions go because there is no live crowd. And it was essentially yeah. just friends. And if you didn't know somebody, everybody was so welcome. I mean, I was someone who no one knew, and I was completely welcomed in and felt like I was part of something, even though I have never been a part of something before. It was it was special. Like I love that time. That's like there'll there'll never be anything better than the time of Camp Lee Frog. Like that was yeah. magical. Go back right now. I, I will say high tension. And go, and go watch that. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will say high tension tries pretty like pretty well to match that. That oh, energy. it does. Yes. Yeah, the but story, just the, the stuff with you and Brian Ace has been really, really, really fun. I, I'm a huge fan of it. I'm I'm proud of I'm proud of the story that we told there. Yeah, and 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 I mean, just of him. Don't tell yeah. him I said that, Brian. Don't watch this. Cut that. Cut that out. Don't watch. Last wrestling question, and we'll we'll get you out of here because we went really long, and I apologize for keeping you so long. No, that's not even you. No, I we'll do a part two another night. I had so much so much goddamn fun with this, but uh. As a trainer, you have a lot of people that you've got to work with and 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 mold and help become who they are now. A few of them I've had on this podcast, your name has been brought up. Who are some people you got to work with, got to train that people should know about? Uh, I don't want to say who are your favorites because that's not how I want to word it, but like who are some people that are out there currently that that you've had an opportunity to work with and mold and and, and that people should be following or supporting? Oh, I I I like I can't put over most of them enough um there's so there's all the lost boys if you're not familiar with the lost boys that's juni underwood uh, that's eighth in promise um i don't remember ryan's uh lost boys last name i could tell you his real last name but i won't yeah um and then uh and then there there there's four of them find the lost boys book them on your show in a tag match in a trios match in an atomicos match book all of them fun fact Head Cannon, Junie Underwood, that's my grandson from the future. He traveled back in time uh, to get trained by me. Write that down, everybody. It'll make sense one day, trust me. Um, Al De Niro, uh, a lot of people don't realize that he he trained for a little while. He, he left wrestling. When he came back, I was, I, was, I was there for the majority of it. I don't think that I was his first trainer when he went back to the Wrestle Factory, but I was definitely there for a lot of it. And... Like he, he puts in work and he puts in work on his wrestling. He puts in work on his, like the, on, on perfecting the moves that he does on coming up with moves that he does. Uh, and his, uh, he, he wants to, uh, take his character and make it his thing and make it work. And there, there may or may not be somebody of higher standing of, of relatively high respect in the creative wrestling community that told him to drop that character. And I said, Sir, if you want to do that character, do it. Make it work because you can. And I think he's mm-hmm. doing a great job at it. Um, uh, uh, 
look for look for Sir Hugo Bright out there. I have, again, he's somebody that I trained maybe half the time that he was training, but I've trained him a lot, and I know that he puts in the work, and and he just he deserves it. Um, like he he deserves to be noticed because of the work that he puts in. Um, he traveled to Japan just to show up at shows and work crew. Okay, you drive down the road to go show show face at a show to do crew. He flew to Japan to do it. Okay, Sir Hugo Bright. Um, That's amazing. Uh, Brian Brian Ace, obviously. Um, right now, there's a guy. Find him on Twitter immediately. Will win. Will um, win. What a great Will name. Will win. Will win. Um, find him on Twitter right now. He in the next couple of years is going to be your favorite villain in pro wrestling. <laughs> um, find him, watch him. Um, others that some people are probably already fans of that maybe don't know that, uh, that I had a decent hand in training them. Max zero, like has evolved and changed and grown exactly when he needed to and exactly how he needed to every single time. And, He's just going to keep getting better and hopefully he doesn't get any bigger because he's so damn big already. How? Um, and I mean, oh, also add him to my it. list of people that I want to fight. Also add him to the list of people that I want to you When you watch him, you see it. But as someone, mm -hmm. as you get to work with and roll with and train with, how actually, like, is he probably the strongest person physically that you've ever got to like, on roll earth? with? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, strongest that I've, that physically that I've got to grapple with? Maybe maybe he just deadlift um, like from the floor just picks them up into a vertical suplex i'm like you are a psychopath and he's unbelievable yeah. um but max zero's out there and already already a huge following on on both of these um but i saved them for last for a reason because uh through 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 the pandemic through all the garbage through all the stuff uh, over the last th three years now, three and a half years now, we grew very, very, very close. And then, of course, I moved away and we kind of grew apart. Um, but I miss them terribly. And that is Pancakes and Abby Jane. Mm -hmm. um, like, I did not train Pancakes all that much. Um, but through 2020 through 20, the, the end of 2022, uh, I probably saw him eight hours a week in the ring and the same for abby jane um when 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 abby jane showed up to train at the wrestle factory i uh no you know what i was going to say i was the face that she saw that is not true i was not the first person that trained her in her very first class but i did lead her second class i think um and like couldn't be prouder of both of them she was one of the people I, the I, I marked out for the most during the AEW Dark Elevation time when she Same. Yeah. I was Same. like, she's there. Mm -hmm. And of course, like on, on Twitter and in pro wrestling, I'm this just terrible, nasty, mean person. So of course, for me to celebrate that, all I can do is quote tweet it and I just say good job with no punctuation. That's, <laughs> that's, you, you and so that just started being my thing. That just started being my thing. Anytime Abby Jane would do something, it was a good job. Yeah. To the point that I think uh, now either her or Pancakes will do it to me occasionally. Yeah. Uh, where can people find and support you? So at the moment, uh, I only am active on 
uh, Twitter, which I don't know by any other name, and Instagram. Uh, so that's just at Sunny Defarge. Uh, simple. Um, no spaces, no underscores, no nothing. Just at Sunny Defarge. Uh, currently in the works, at least mentally, is YouTube, a, a Facebook profile, because a lot of the places in Ohio only really promote on Facebook. Uh, so I, so there will be a Sunny Defarge Facebook out there one day. And the inevitable TikTok is coming. I just say truth social. <laughs> no. Could you imagine? <laughs> we should get everybody but, to sign up for it and just rechange the platform. <laughs> actually, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> Could you imagine that's we just turned into idea. a wrestling platform? Like truth yeah. social. It's all it's only the truth, but we talk about K movies they, the whole time. Don't they have to like don't they have to accept you onto that one though or something? I don't know. I never joined. I never signed up for it. And then, it's like, oh, this is really politic heavy. We're only here to talk about wrestling. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> Just complete wrestling. I'll tell you what, TikTok has a really good wrestling community. Like I'm I'm very yeah. in, intertwined with the wrestling. It's called Wrestle Talk or Wrestling Talk. Uh they yeah. it's it's pretty popular. That TikTok's a good platform to be a professional wrestler on. Yeah, I recently attended a seminar where they where one of the things that came out of the the person's mouth was basically if you if you don't have every form of social media and they listed off everything and included TikTok, they were like, then you should. Yep. And I I looked at Crumbles and I went, oh my god, I'm not gonna download TikTok. Yep. I I've literally been posting twice a day every day for five years. Yep. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, but listen, Sonny, thank you so much for this. I appreciate the hell out of you. We're definitely going to touch yes. back on this. Maybe uh, in the future, not cool in high school, we will do a review of a Godzilla movie or something fun like that. Uh, I, know I, know you've, I know you've never seen it, but maybe we'll it'll be your first experience watching a Godzilla film. It'll be it'll be glorious. Um, yeah, no, I've never heard of Godzilla. I don't ever know what that is. <laughs> it's about it's is this that, giant monkey that they go over mythology and they bring, thing? To, and they yeah. bring it to new york city it's great it's good it's a whole thing. oh godzilla <laughs> yeah. all right doesn't he fight king kong um <laughs> the lizard king kong yeah the big lizard <laughs> dude real quick as a wrestling thing how like that's the first forbidden door right like the american movie or the american monster of king kong and then takes on the japanese monster films from like when they booked it like who wins oh, you know what i mean like wow, yeah yeah that's like the first huge crossover. that was the first forbidden door <laughs> yeah huh. i think king because because it was filmed in uh america right so king kong wins see doesn't he break godzilla's neck or something like that and so i film- think he i thought he threw him from a building Something like that. I thought they fought in the jungle on Godzilla. It wasn't really Godzilla, but it was like a lizard style. Yeah. Cre- yeah. yeah. But they were like, it's not who you think it is, but it was King Kong oh, just tearing yeah. apart. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear, I swear they always do something with, it's always something with gravity when it's that, where it's like, oh, he didn't really, he didn't kill him, but like he fell 200 stories. So, yeah. whoops. <laughs> right. Damn you, Isaac Newton. That's the cop. Uh, That's the cop. <laughs> Isaac Newton, when he invented gravity. That's... That damn well, with no Isaac Newton, there's no wrestling. So, yep. Well, listen, thank you guys so much. Make sure you check out the links below to support and follow. Uh, if you're looking for wrestling classes, hit them up. Go get some training. Uh, if you're in the Ohio, the Pennsylvania area, I mean, anywhere, just research schools. Uh, there's so many good ones. Uh, like you, you cannot in the Northeast 
quadrant of the United States between five states. If you can't find a good wrestling school, it's your fault. <laughs> I'll tell you yes. that right now. Yeah. And do <laughs> do your research. Reach out to them. See if you can observe a class. Reach out. See if they do tryouts. See if they do open sessions, like something like that for the for 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 that that sort of thing. Every the place that I train now, we do a tryout first. And yeah. it's not a tryout. It's not you trying out for us. It's you trying out for you. So you come, you do the thing. And if at the end of it, you go, I think my spine is falling, uh, falling out of my body. I don't think I should do this. Then yeah. you tried and you know, there's an, there's another school I just found out about. It's probably been out for years, but I just learned about it. I don't, I won't put it over just in case it's like a conflict of interest or anything like that, but it's in, in Philly and uh, very talented people are, are running that school. I would say about four people, uh, I think they have an ant problem as well. I think, I think, you know, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know the very, yeah. Uh, like I said, if you in that area cannot find a school or good people to train you, you're out of your mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you guys next time on the ABJ podcast. We'll see you for episode 109. Who is it? I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see you next time. We're, out of here. we're back. We're back.